Welcome to the Overly Obsessed Podcast. Hi, my name's Phoebe, and I've suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder since I was an early teenager. I'm in my 20s now, and I've learned a lot throughout the years. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you both the obstacles I've overcome and the ones I have yet to. I will be sharing my experiences as a sufferer of relationship OCD, sexual orientation OCD, real event OCD, and more. You don't have to go through it alone. Join me and others as we learn and navigate through life with OCD together. Hey you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a long time since my last podcast episode and I deeply apologize for that. Life has just been absolutely insane the past few months. Wedding brain, wow, I never thought that was a thing, but Lord have mercy, it sure is. Um, But this is the podcast episode you guys have been wanting for weeks since I got married. Oh my god, that is just crazy to say out loud. I'm married. (laughs) I am a married woman. Wow crazy, absolutely crazy. But yes, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about my entire experience of getting married, going all the way back to the proposal, the engagement period, walking down the aisle, and even my honeymoon and coming back from my honeymoon. So buckle up because this is going to be a long ride, but I think it's going to be a really good one. So I'm super excited to share with you guys everything because Oh my god, there's just so much, there's so much. So grab a drink, grab something to eat, and let's jump on in. Before we get too far into this episode, I do want to make sure and put out a disclaimer for anyone who suffers with relationship OCD or relationship anxiety. This episode could potentially be triggering to you. Um, Might just be a great exposure, wink wink. Um, But if you need to pause the episode at any time, there's absolutely no shame in that. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Okay, so let's rewind and go back to the beginning. Um, For those of you who have not um, listen to the first podcast episode where I go into my relationship OCD story. I definitely recommend that you listen to that episode before this episode because um, I think it'll just give a lot more context. However, um, I've been with my partner for seven years now. He is my first real relationship and um, that in itself can can come with a lot of anxiety because like There's that, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, fear of like, oh, I need to discover myself before I get into a relationship and, you know, society this and society says that. And, you know, there's all this pressure, you know, to be everywhere but where you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So anyways, starting with the proposal, I knew it was coming. (laughs) I knew it was coming. Um, I knew like two, two or so days prior. And that just, that ate me up. That ate me up because I spent those days, are you sure, Phoebe? Are you sure? Um, Checking myself mentally and physically, like, am I, am I excited? Am I ready? But it wasn't just about if I was ready or not, or if I was excited or not, but it was more so the underlying fear of whether I was excited enough, whether I was ready enough. There's always something holding me back. There was always some gray area that fed the all or nothing mindset within me that made me feel like I had to be more reserved. I had to be cautious. And that was to protect myself. 
you know, coping mechanisms, so much fun. <laughs> um, and thinking about it now, I just hold so much love for myself and, and I feel sad for, for myself then because I held this unachievable goal, this unachievable finish line that when I reach it, I would feel 100% satisfaction. I would feel 100% happiness or, you know, whatever. And that's just a fantasy. That's just chasing a fantasy, something that doesn't just happen, you know, and realizing more so now that you can feel excitement, you can feel fear at the same time. And that doesn't have to mean anything that you feel both at the same time. You don't have to pick one feeling over the other. And and that was something that I struggled with more then. And I still struggle with now. But therapy, man, therapy is amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the proposal itself, um, he had our favorite song playing. It was A Million Dreams. That's our song. And he had an instrumental of that playing. And he um, proposed to me at the spot that... Um, he first told me that he loved me and it was just, it was all romantic. Um, it was all romantic and it was beautiful and it was perfect for our relationship. It was perfect for us as individuals. It wasn't no fairy tale. It wasn't no, you know, movie proposal, celebrity, social media proposal, you know, but it was perfect for me. It was imperfect in all of the beautiful ways, and that's what made it perfect. That's what made it beautiful. But anyways, so going back to what I was mentioning earlier about um, me putting all this pressure on myself to feel all the right emotions and to not feel any of the wrong emotions. And the wrong emotions were like uncertainty, um, doubt, fear, um hesitancy, all of those were the wrong emotions that I did not want to feel. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel excited. I want to feel in love perfectly. I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel, um, butterflies. I wanted it to feel like, like what it looks like in the movies. I wanted it to feel like fireworks went off and everything just clicks into place, but that didn't necessarily, it didn't happen that way. And that's okay. It didn't happen that way, and that's okay. However, what ended up happening was because I spent so much mental and physical energy trying to feel all these things, but also not feel certain things, I ended up burning myself out. The second the proposal was over, I was just, I was a zombie. I was just dead. <laughs> um, however, I do want to mention, and what made me happy about the whole entire thing is, you know, I spent so much energy worrying and fixating on all of the details, trying to make everything perfect. But when that moment, when the moment actually came, none of that mattered to me. None of it mattered. And I had a wonderful proposal. And honestly, the best way I can explain it is I f it felt like my body went into autopilot. <laughs> I felt like my body went in cruise control. And I know that might sound crazy, but that's genuinely the best way that I can describe it is it just felt like my body went 
in autopilot and instinct like took over. I don't know. I don't know. It's re- it was just, it's really weird to explain. It's really weird to explain, but in that moment, my mind was blank and nothing else mattered. No details mattered just that moment. And it just flew by so quickly. And after, like I said before, I was dead. <laughs> as soon as we said yes, I remember walking around with a photographer and he was so excited and I was over here just dead. <laughs> I was just zombie um, because I had spent all of my energy into preparing myself for that moment and then it was over and I had no energy left and so I remember worrying about whether the photographer thought I looked happy or whether she thought that I looked like I, you know, might have said yes to pity him or or maybe she thought that I didn't look like I was in love or whatever the case may be. I remember really trying to put myself in her brain and um, that's something that I've always kind of struggled with. Um, even to this day, I always have struggled with putting myself in other people's heads and trying to predict what they think about me or what they think about my situation or whatever. So I remember feeling guilty because I no longer felt that rush of, ex- of excitement and I, I, I felt numb. I felt burnt out and that was scary because I was like, oh my God, do I regret it? You know, is this a sign? Is this am I just in denial, etc., etc. With time, that feeling did subside. Um, the numbness is a consequence of exhaustion. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's your battery is low and your body's trying to preserve energy. Um, and so I used to look at that as like a horrible, horrible thing to feel numb, but now I just look at it as a way to, like that's a sign you need to, if anything, it's a sign that you need to nurture yourself and be kind to yourself, not, you know, further try to exhaust yourself more by continuing being toxic to yourself. Um, but yeah, so after the proposal, I remember I was nervous about going back to work and I almost didn't even wear my engagement ring when I went back. And I, part of me wanted to just pretend that it didn't even happen because I didn't want to go back to work and then be like, oh my gosh, you're engaged. Let me see the ring. How did it go? You know, what did he do for the proposal? How did he propose? Um, do you have a date yet? Um, you know, I, and I didn't want them asking me all these questions because I knew that I would have been trying to read their reactions the entire time. I knew I would have been trying to live in their head and assume what they're thinking. And um, I didn't want to feel like I have to fake being excited um, and then question myself later on if I was actually excited or if I was just pretending and like what that means. And I didn't want to feel anxious about... (laughs) I didn't want to feel anxious about feeling anxious and so part of me just wanted to keep it all in and avoid it all but I knew 
that that wouldn't do me any good by avoiding. So I wore my ring nervously the next day and I showed it off and I was excited about it, but I was also afraid and, but I did it anyways, I did it anyways and it ended up being wonderful to show everybody and to share the news with my friends and family. Um, you know, part of me was still burnt out, part of me was still feeling numb, and I went forward with feeling numb and feeling excited at the same time, and I didn't let that limit me, I didn't let that stop me, I made room for all of the emotions, even if I felt all of them at the same time. So, fast forwarding into engaged life, um, the first few months were really rocky, I found myself fixating even deeper on my partner's flaws and imperfections, and it was hard for me to um, handle our differences. It was hard for me to handle the fact that he has different beliefs than I do with some things, um, has different ways of getting things done, like chores, than I do, different expectations of getting chores done. And so I found myself trying to perfect our relationship and and fixate on all of the issues, quote-unquote issues, that I felt like we had at that time because I wanted our relationship to be perfect. I wanted us to be going into marriage 100%, you know, on the same page with everything. I wanted him to be me, I guess. I, I guess that's what it boils down to. I wanted him to be me. And um, I actually, I didn't realize it at that time, but... I also found myself testing him a lot um, and challenging him a lot because I wanted to make sure that this is what I want and that he is what I want and um, just in case, just to protect myself, just in case I need to back out before it's too late, before I say I do. Luckily, though, that only lasted for a few months, and <laughs> I, it, it was something that I, it was, a, it was one of the, those paths that I had to go down, um, and I became better because of it. Our relationship became better because of it, and these realizations, I needed to learn. I needed to, I needed to learn um, in order to be better. It's just another puzzle piece to completing my healing journey, you know? It's like a big puzzle. It's like a big puzzle and little moments like this that come out in our relationships, make themselves known in our relationships, the, these, you know, pains, traumas or whatever that are showing up in our relationships, having periods like these help us to be able to learn more about ourselves. So, um, even though they weren't my proudest moments, they allowed me to grow. Yeah, so fast forwarding to finding the dress. Oh my gosh, that was a complete nightmare for me. <laughs> that was a complete nightmare. Um, so I went dress shopping with uh, my maid of honor, my best, very best friend, and some family of mine, and... Yeah, so I went in with the mindset of, I might not find my dress today, 
I just wanted to go try on some dresses and get a feel for what I like and that's exactly what I did. I tried on a bunch of dresses and I didn't really like any of them. I remember feeling bummed out. I remember feeling a, a lot of pressure to find something that I liked and again there was a lot of that mental pressure that I was putting on myself um, to feel all the right things that I, there came that numb feeling again. There came that I, I was I was burning myself out. My battery was was running low, and I was exhausting myself. Um, so it's really funny looking back at pictures that my family took of me trying on dresses because <laughs> my face, like I literally look like I hate my life. I literally look like I don't want to be there, and it's so funny to me to look back on now. <laughs> I literally keep the pictures just for that. Um, so I remember trying on a bunch of dresses and I eventually tried on, um, I saved one of these dresses for last and it was one that I didn't think I was going to like that much, but I, I put it on and I really, I really liked it. It was, um, kind of pink toned. It wasn't white. Um, it wasn't even off white. It was like a blush color. It was very pretty. And I loved the way that it fit my body. The second that I walked out of that fitting room, my entire family gasped and everybody teared up and got emotional. And I remember feeling I remember feeling a little frustrated with myself because I was like, why am I not feeling this way? But they are. Like everyone else is feeling this way, but why am I not feeling this way? It was honestly, it was really hard trying on all the dresses. I remember feeling really overwhelmed. Um, every time I walked back into the fitting room, I'd have to take a deep breath because I was literally shaking because of how overwhelmed I was feeling by everything. And then I'd walk back out and I didn't want everybody else to know how I was feeling. So I'd put on a face, you know, I would pretend that I'm fine, but I really wasn't fine. And when I tried to express how I was feeling about the dresses, that I wasn't totally in love with any of the dresses, my family would make comments about, oh, well, you'll know when you know. And You'll know when you put on the right one, and you'll you'll know when it's the one. And, you know, I've always struggled. <laughs> I think we all have struggled with being told advice like that. Um, and so I remember feeling frustrated with myself and a little bit of self-hatred for myself because I felt like I put so much pressure on myself to feel all the right things and not feel all the the wrong things that I took that moment of bliss away from myself, that I took that moment of, yes, this is the one, this is the dress, that I, I took that moment away from myself. And, you know, because I, I grew up watching Yes to the Dress. Like, I grew up watching that show and seeing all of these women trying on dresses and, you know, they'd always have this moment of <laughs> fireworks going off, like, yes, this is the one, and, and tears, and they were, they were so happy and crying because they were so happy, and I didn't get that. I didn't have that. Um, so anyways, I ended up going ahead and putting on the veil and holding up the sign that said, I said yes to the stress. And, um, cause I wanted to just 
get the whole picture that way I can step away and think about it and come back because like I said I wasn't planning on purchasing any dresses that day I just wanted to get a feel for the styles and see what I liked and what I didn't like and so my family and I decided to go out um, for lunch we went to a really nice Italian restaurant and ate some really good food um, I had a nervous stomach so I wasn't able to eat too much but it was nice getting my mind off of things However, it all changed when my family decided to surprise me and buy my dress for me. And um, I, you know, I was so, I'm so blessed to have the family I do. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm so honored and grateful to have been given the opportunity to have my dress paid for. Um, however, I felt so much more pressure on myself to then pick pick that dress because they wanted to buy it that day and I wasn't yet completely you know I, I didn't completely decide on anything yet um, and so I remember the anxiety just kept building and building and I remember it was so bad that I was sitting at the table and I had my hands underneath the table um, scratching, scratching underneath the table, like digging my nails in, um, just to keep myself composed. And I had never been that bad before. And that was, it was really hard. Um, but I did get through it and, you know, I did end up buying the dress. I did end up buying the dress and, um, that was something that I struggled with, <laughs> Even leading up to the wedding day, I was afraid that, oh my gosh, I got a blush dress. It's not white. That It's not perfect. It's not a traditional white dress. Is is everyone else going to think that, you know, it's not traditional? Is everyone else going to, you know, it was all about me trying to be in everybody else's brain and assume things even <laughs> like months away from the wedding. I had a lot of hesitancy and uncertainty about my dress choice, but um, it was still a very beautiful dress. And even though I didn't feel that 100% satisfaction, you know, that 100% bliss, I didn't have that moment of, yes, this is the one, this is the dress. Um, it was still a very beautiful dress and it's okay. It's okay if you guys didn't have that moment too. I you know, um, it's okay that we didn't have that moment. If you didn't have that moment, if you did have that moment, that's amazing. That's wonderful. You know, this whole episode, I want it to be about highlighting, highlighting things like this, because I feel like it happens a lot more than, than society shows. <laughs> um, and I think it's very important that we, that we talk about it, that we show the imperfect sides of engagement and marriage and relationships um, because it's not perfect. <laughs> it's not always sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Uh, sometimes it's thunderstorms and rain and, you know. Anyways, so moving on from the dress. <laughs> Uh, the dress was gorgeous, so it was very, very gorgeous. I am very glad that I went with it. I'm very glad because it was 
something that needed to be imperfect. And yeah. So leading up to a few weeks before the wedding, I have some notes here on my phone, so I'm just going to read off of those. Um, There's a lot of irritability that I was feeling and um, that was being reflected onto my partner. And it was all because I was frustrated with myself. I was irritable with myself and that was getting reflected onto my partner that was getting reflected onto our relationship um and a lot of it was because I was frustrated if things weren't going the way that I was that I had them planned out in my head leading up to the wedding I was I was already ruminating on my honeymoon and my wedding night and worried about my OCD spiking I was worried about my OCD ruining my wedding and then I was worried even more about not being able to be present and be there with my partner and it be the wedding that he deserves too the wedding that that we both deserve I was afraid that my mental illness that my disorder was going to take what is supposed to be the best day of my life and ruin it leading up to the week of my wedding it was so crazy. There were so many, you know, details to finalize last minute. Um, there were just, there were emotions and feelings everywhere. And I was just so overwhelmed and, you know, feeling a little burnt out. And I was worried that I was going to feel numb my entire honeymoon and my entire wedding because I spent that week burnt out. Because um, sometimes... You know, that can happen. Sometimes when you're feeling burnt out and you're feeling numb, sometimes it can last for a few hours, a few days. Sometimes it can be a few weeks. And I was deeply worried about it lasting long term when I didn't want it to. I felt the need to check myself every morning. I'd wake up and I would mentally check myself like I had this, it's like I had this notepad in my, in my head. And I was like, okay, checking things off. How are we feeling? Um, one by one and then I had my my family <laughs> you know being silly and being like are you sure are you are you really gonna go through with this and you know if you change your mind I can we can run away and I can help you escape and I knew they meant that playfully but it was really hard to hear that because you know that fed into the doubt that fed into the OCD and I was like you know am I sure? <laughs> but I answered confidently every time. I was like, yes, I'm going through this. Yes, I'm going to get married. Yes, I'm sure. And, you know, my coworkers would ask me if I'm nervous. And of course I was like, am I nervous? Like, oh yeah, I am nervous. Or, you know, it would it'd be like, it'd be, these questions were perfect questions for someone who has OCD. It was perfect it was a perfect way to get the OCD going. And going back to being afraid of feeling numb, you know, I was afraid that um, I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself on my wedding night or, you know, during my honeymoon. I was afraid of, that I wouldn't be able to be present with my partner on my wedding day um, due to consuming myself with being in everybody else's head, that I wouldn't be able to be grounded and present, be with my partner, and that was a big fear. That was a big fear. I also feared 
letting my partner down because of all of these things and feeling bad about myself because I feel like he doesn't deserve it. Like he doesn't deserve having to deal with me, I guess. And, you know, the whole week leading up to the wedding day, all of this madness physically started affecting my body. I was struggling with very bad, upset stomach the entire week leading up to it. I physically was sick a lot. It was hard for me to not ruminate over, oh, is this is this a sign? My body's trying to tell me something, blah, blah, blah. Um, it took a lot for me to not feed into the OCD really trying to, really trying to get me. I waited till the last minute to finish my vows. <laughs> um, and that was out of fear of going into checking compulsions. I was afraid of every time I tried to start writing my vows, I would get sucked into trying to make it perfect. And is this good enough? See, there goes the enough again. There's the enough. <laughs> not enough but so yeah I finished my vows on my wedding day <laughs> and um, I think they turned out I think they turned out okay anyways fast forwarding to the day of the wedding day of the wedding wow I started off the day I want to say kind of being in denial that we were even getting married that day because it honestly just felt like another day because we got married in the evening. You know, we didn't sleep in separate rooms or, you know, do the traditional thing where you don't see the the bride till the wedding day or whatever. We woke up together and, you know, started our day like normal and so it just kind of felt like any other day. I was kind of surprised that I felt fine so far, so I was constantly checking myself throughout the day, like just checking in, how are you doing? How's how are you feeling? Um you know, scanning my body for good feelings, bad feelings, uh, looking for warnings, I guess. But it started off great. I uh, got my hair done, and we ended up uh, at the wedding venue, and I was setting up everything. And we did our rehearsal right before the wedding. That's the way that my venue, the venue that we chose, um, that's the way that they did it. So he did see me before the wedding. However, I was not in my dress. I made sure of that because I that was very special to me. I wanted, I didn't want him to see my dress until I walked down the aisle. And then after the rehearsal, I went back into the room where I got ready in, and I waited for my dad because um, we were gonna do like a reveal. Because he, I wanted to wait until the wedding day for him to um, see my dress, and that was very special. That was very important to me. I remember as I was getting ready to see him, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, I felt like I was on fire. And then they brought me to see my dad, and he had his back turned to me, and he turned around, and he cried, and I cried. And at that moment, I was shaking, but I was excited, and seeing my dad helped me a lot. It helped a lot. Then it came to walking down the aisle. So we, we played A Million Dreams again. We played the same song that he proposed with, uh, and I really wanted to walk out when the... Uh, when the chorus started, um, but that didn't happen. So that was the first, you know, I went into this wedding like wanting it perfect and I had all these, all this pressure on myself, by myself, <laughs> of course, 
and all these unrealistic expectations that I had for myself and had for the wedding and I had a appointment with my therapist a few days prior to the wedding and we ended up talking and she was like you know this is going to be a special day um, doesn't have to be the best day of your life just has to be a special day it doesn't have to be an a plus wedding just needs to be like a b plus wedding just needs to be a, even a c plus wedding and so I went into the wedding trying to try my best to aim for imperfection and that's exactly what happened because um, I did not walk out whenever I wanted to at the chorus and um, we got married on this porch that overlooked a pond. And my veil was getting snagged on the nails in the porch, <laughs> in the wood. And so I was afraid that my veil was going to be ripped out of my hair as I was walking down the aisle. I was trying my best to be composed. Um, and then it was really, really hot, you know, because it was a Georgia wedding in... July, it was hot, <laughs> and the sun was in my face, so I was trying not to squint, we didn't really get a good rehearsal in, so we were all just winging it, my vows weren't perfect, I wasn't perfect, he wasn't perfect, it was awkward whenever we kissed in front of everybody, and then we didn't know how to walk away, <laughs> um, and so it was just, it was, there were a lot of awkward moments and, um, but there were also a lot of really special, amazing moments. When we even made our entrance, I, we both tripped on the curtain walking in. <laughs> and so that was hilarious, but embarrassing. Um, and, but yeah, so it was like, there were so many imperfect moments and I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. And I'm glad that it was imperfect. Um, I had my first dance, our first dance together, and my dance with my dad, and he cried, I cried, <laughs> um, but it was also, it was very, it was a very overwhelming day. I didn't even eat dinner. I had a bite of the cake that we had, and that was pretty much all that I was able to stomach that day, and I remember I even had to step away um, after, like, during the reception, because my anxiety was so bad, I had to actually take my anxiety medication, and usually I take a half dose, and I had to take a full dose, so it was really tense, um, but I got through it. We actually ended the wedding earlier than anticipated, because with the way my anxiety was, I was just like, you know, let's go ahead and go. <laughs> let's just go ahead and go, and we had a sparkler exit. It was beautiful. You know, it was also imperfect, because the photographer that was shooting our pictures, um, we walked too fast, and so, and everybody had their sparklers going at the wrong, at, like, different times, and, like, some people's sparklers were going out, so I was like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. Like, this isn't perfect, and, um, but we got to the car, <laughs> And we left, and I remember just telling John, <laughs> my partner, I remember just telling him that I just, I just needed to be quiet. So I told him, I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm just, this really took a lot out of me. And um, he completely understood. And, um, you know, even during the wedding, we had a moment where we stepped out onto to the porch because I just needed to get away from everybody, just trying to keep myself grounded and keep myself composed and keep myself 
in the moment um, and he was very supportive and he was there for me and my photographer actually actually captured that moment and that I'm so glad that she did because that was just a really special beautiful moment for me um, but going back to the car I was kind of beating myself up a little bit because you know all of the all of the social media you know videos and pictures of couples being so excited after their wedding and I was just dead. I was just exhausted mentally and physically and I was just zoned out. Like I was just disassociating in the car. And um, so we got home and um, we didn't even have a wedding night. We didn't even have a traditional, you know, intimate wedding night because my OCD ended up spiking really bad. And those of you who have OCD probably know what I'm talking about. You know, when you get stuck in that spiral, it, it just feels so intense. And um, so, you know, I felt kind of guilty. I felt like I knew what was going to happen and I let it happen. That's what I felt like. I told myself not to ruin it and I ruined it. Um, that's how it felt in that moment anyways. My partner, you know, he was so supportive and he held me and he was there for everything. And I was able to ground myself enough to be able to get out of that spiral. So yeah, it was a very, it was a very eventful day, <laughs> as you can tell, filled with lots of imperfect moments and lots of special, beautiful moments. I had some notes here for the day of the wedding, so um, some of the, the thoughts that I had, um, do they think I'm awkward? Do they think we look in love? Are they judging the wedding? Is the wedding enough? Am I and or my partner enough? I tripped that I think that was embarrassing, checking myself for emotions, you know, disassociating when I got into the car to leave, I wanted it to be perfect, um, there was a lot of inserting my myself into others' heads, the night of the wedding, you know, there was a lot of pressure, I didn't want to let my partner down, uh, I was feeling guilty because I felt like I couldn't be present, I felt disconnected from my partner, and that was the last thing that I wanted to feel. So, of course, there was a lot of pressure I was putting on myself to to not feel disconnected. And, well, you know, when you put a lot of pressure on yourself to feel or not feel something, you're going to likely feel the opposite. Um, but I also wanted to be closer with him, closer to him at the same time. Oddly enough, I somehow felt that the wedding had changed me, that... Um, somehow being married changed me and that I was having to like let go of of who I was before like like I had to say goodbye to my past life somehow like that's that's how I felt um, that night and really that's not the case at all <laughs> and it was hard everybody congratulating us at the wedding and I wasn't that excited like you know, when they were congratulating us, I wasn't, I didn't feel necessarily 100% genuinely excited um, about them congratulating us or excited, 100% excited about being married. That scared me. But anyways, so I actually ended up having a therapy appointment with my therapist on the way down to Florida. So we live in Georgia. So we drove down um, the next day after our wedding day. We talked a lot about everything and it was really, really, really helpful for me 
and um, yeah, so what ended up happening was as soon as I let go of all of that self-pressure, all of the self-expectations that were unreachable, as soon as I let all of that go, I was able to enjoy myself again. I was able to enjoy my relationship again. I was able to enjoy my honeymoon. That was really eye-opening. I just had to let it all go, <laughs> uh, which is easier said than done. I completely understand. It took years for me to even get to where I am today, and even then, I'm far from perfect. But yeah, that was my entire wedding story. A lot, right? I know. I know. <laughs> it definitely was a lot. I know I really wish that I would have had something like this when I was newly engaged just to hear someone else's experience, someone else going through it too, and you know, someone to relate to that has OCD and relationship OCD. I do want to leave you guys with a few tips. Most importantly, your wedding day doesn't have to be the best day of your life. Just a special day. You know, don't put unrealistic and unachievable expectations on yourself or for your wedding day. It doesn't have to be perfect. It does not have to be perfect for it to be a good wedding, a happy wedding. You know, we are not a one-size-fits-all, and that's what I like to say all the time because it is so true. We are not a one-size-fits-all, and our relationships shouldn't be one-size-fits-all. Our weddings shouldn't be one-size-fits-all. Our partners shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all. So yeah, stop comparing your proposal to your neighbor's proposal. Stop comparing your relationship to your cousin's best friend's relationship. Like, stop living through everybody else because by trying to live through everybody else, you're going to miss what's right in front of you. The perfect wedding is not the goal, but a special wedding according to your one-of-a-kind relationship is. I really want to thank you guys so much for all of your support you guys have shown me throughout the past several years on my journey. I am so, so grateful and I want you guys to know that even though you guys weren't there physically on my wedding day, I want you guys to know that I imagined every single one of you there rooting me on in the crowd as I walked down that aisle. And it is that love and support of our community that helped me get through that day. If I could do my entire wedding over again, I don't think I would change a thing. And maybe that makes me sound crazy, but the only thing I would change about my wedding and engagement experience is the self-compassion that I showed to myself. I was really hard on myself, and I didn't deserve that. That was completely unfair. And if you guys take anything away from this episode, I want it to be to be more kind to yourself to have a lot more self-compassion to yourself. You know, if, if mistakes happen, if things are imperfect, let it be. Make room for self-love. Make room for imperfection. It doesn't have to be perfect. Your wedding doesn't have to be perfect. The proposal doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Not everything needs fixing. I spent so much of my own mental energy building and preparing myself for what society 
has shown us from childhood is supposed to be the best, most amazing day of our lives. And all to realize that at the end of the day, it's just another day. It's just another special day filled with special memories. But life moves on. And, you know, I put so much pressure on myself to make it perfect when it didn't have to be perfect. I am so glad that it went as imperfect as it did because that's what made it special. That's what made it special and unique and one of a kind and beautiful. If you've listened this far and you have related to any part of this episode or any other episode I've posted, I just want you to know that you aren't alone. I'm right there with you and I understand and I see you. I hope this was in a way inspiring or maybe even motivating a little bit. But I love you guys so much and I'm sending you so much peace, love, and happiness. And yeah, till next time. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow me on all my other platforms such as TikTok and Instagram at Phoebe Lou. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself. See you in the next one.